Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. everybody this is wildcat radio 2.0 i'm adam green he's brett barry and it's been about three weeks since tommy lloyd was hired as arizona's coach brett we're going to start here with men's basketball there is a lot of stuff going on there's some football news there's women's basketball the dia barnes there's all stuff going on we're going to start with men's basketball because three weeks after tommy lloyd was hired the roster shall we say is incomplete um recently jordan brown decided to enter the transfer portal that was kind of a surprise because we figured there's a lot of people who early on when tommy was hired if you didn't want to be here you're out and there were players who were like that there were some who entered the portal before tommy Lloyd was even hired you know before sean miller was even fired so like that that's the thing that happened but jordan brown entered the portal arizona now has i think by everyone's count five open scholarships to hand out with a roster that needs forwards could use a point guard like just three weeks later, Tommy Lloyd is not on a complete basketball team. Yeah, remember the the days of yore when we had a scholarship crunch, <laughs> and we were like, "Who's going to be leaving?" Um, you know, it's it's not it's too early to panic, um, but it's also not too early to be concerned about. I, I like you know I think we've had offline conversations about. I'm confident Tommy Lloyd will will be able to fill the roster. <laughs> I think. Um, you know, like the transfer portal makes it much easier to to add guys in, but to steal from you know like baseball prospectus, the 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 replacement level player is going to be there. But if you're trying to you know if you're trying to fill out Arizona basketball as a roster, you're hoping to have more than replacement level players. And right now, there's you know you feel pretty good about the the small forward spot with with Ben Matherin and and Dale and Terry, and you know maybe even. To, uh, Shane Noel, if he stays, he's he's kind of a perimeter player. He has Kirk yet Carissa to could, decommit. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if as of right now, Kirk Carissa is the closest thing you have to a, and the only thing you have that's close to a point guard. Uh, and then you have some interesting guys in the front court in Azulis Tabellis, Christian Coloco, and and Balo. But you know, I I got into a little bit with people on the on the Twitter.com machine. When um, I was like, I'm concerned about the big, the front court depth right now, losing Jordan Brown. That, you know, maybe he's not what everybody wishes he would be, but I think people underappreciate the value he added, at least as in the Arizona fandom. I mean, you don't win the sixth man of the year in the Pac-12 for no reason, uh, and I'm not sure. It's it's well, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be able to fill that spot in the front court with somebody that's equal or better. There are some recruits that are out there, you know, like there's a top 50 power forward, I think, out of uh, out of Nevada, if I recall correctly, um, that Arizona is chasing. But until until that guy's signed the dotted line, um, he's not there. Uh, and, you know, there's 
there's Ty Ty Washington rumors. You know, for a while, everybody was for sure he's coming to Arizona, and then you feel good about your backcourt. Now the latest rumors are are maybe skewing towards Kentucky. The wrong Wildcats, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a... it's. I think he's deciding. I think he announced it on May. He's announcing on May fifteenth, so we'll know soon enough. Um, you know, the best case scenario right now for filling out the roster, if you get everybody you're chasing, uh, you feel really good about it. Now, if you sw- sw- strike out on Ty um, Ty Washington, and I'm, I'm blanking on the the power forward's name, uh, Kulama um, or Kaluma, handy? I think. I, but yeah, like to your point. Brett, like if you looked at the roster right now, obviously they have eight players who are scholarship guys, and that includes Shane Noel. Like, okay. like he's one of the eight, and who, we don't know if he's going to be on the roster. I mean, he, you know, he hasn't asked out of his letter of intent yet, so who knows? Like, it's obviously not a full basketball. It's not a full roster, and there are holes. Um, and if they can plug him with those top prospects, then great. People feel really good about it. But until they do, you're going to feel like, wait, what? But – if you look at it, just forget the numbers, right? Just look at the players they have and the players they've lost. Up until Jordan Brown, and I guess you could say James Akinjo, but that was kind of a probably not a good fit for the offense Tommy Lloyd wants to run, and it was like probably a mutual type of decision. Like Akinjo was great. If he wanted to come back, I'd have been happy to have him again. But the rest of the guys who left, you don't feel like they're huge losses. You know, Jamal Baker has potential. But you're not going, oh, man, they don't have Jamal Baker. This the season's going to, you know, they're ruined. You know, same with Ira Lee or Terrell Brown or Bacho or Goriner. You know, even like the guys that decommitted the freshmen, KJ Simpson and Shane Dizzoni, okay, we don't know what they would have been. You know, they weren't exactly supposed to be one-and-done, high-impact players as freshmen. Whereas the guys they kept, Kirk Carissa, Dalen Terry, Ben, Tubelis, Coloco, you know, those are guys who are saying, when we're looking at this team saying they're going to be really good next year, we can't wait to see these guys with another year under their belt. Those were the ones we were talking about. So... The roster's not in bad shape, but yes, they need to fill it out with preferably, yeah, if you can get a five-star point guard, you're going to, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's that's a really good get if Ty Ty Washington was to come to Arizona, if they get the, the forward. You know, there's options out there, but even if they don't get them, the transfer portal is ridiculous. Like, there's so many players, and are they replacement-level players? We don't know. Like, in this system or what they could be, we don't know because there's probably guys who would enter the portal who haven't even done it yet. So, like, if they're looking to say, oh, there's an open point guard spot at Arizona, I could start for Arizona with these guys around me. Huh. Maybe I don't like the situation I'm in right now. <laughs> you know? So, like, there's just so much unknown. And, like, obviously it would have been nice if Tommy Lloyd comes in and just keeps everyone, adds, like, the two top prospects he wants, you know, calls it a day. But we have to remember he's a brand-new coach taking over a program that had had the same coach for a long time. You know, he's having to re-recruit guys on the roster, which he's done very well. Then he has to try to recruit guys to fill out the rest of the roster. And like, if they lose out on some of these big-time recruits, like if Ty Ty goes to Kentucky, there's no shame in losing out to John Calipari. <laughs> there's nothing. They say, oh, wow, this guy can't recruit. But it is interesting because the expectations for Tommy Lloyd, especially when they kept when he kept these guys, a lot of the core of this team was that they're going to be very good next season, that they should be very good next season. And he has to fill out this roster. But as we sit here now three weeks into his tenure as the head coach in Tucson, I'm not particularly worried about it, but certainly there is room for this roster to improve and if not improve, at least fill out. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say if we don't get tie tie, it's safe to say we will be sad, sad. 
but I do think they'll be able to fill a competent roster with what you you know you have. But you're really relying on some of those guys, uh, Matherin, Tabellis, and Carissa, especially, and and Coloco. Like they have, and Dale and Terry. Though that that group all needs to take a leap for Arizona to be competitive. If they're if they're not and they don't get the spots filled with the ones that they're you know the, the high end targets, then you're really counting on that development. And that's a different aspect of Tommy Lloyd to flex on as a coach, as a developer of talent. Isn't that though where the portal almost might be the better option? Because like even they got Ty Ty, he's still a true freshman. You know, he's a highly acclaimed freshman. He's a five star freshman. But he's still unproven at the college level. And, like, Arizona's had freshmen who were supposed to be really, really good, and then they became Josiah Turner. Like, that has happened before. And I'm not saying Ty Ty would be that. But we're saying, like, we can't count on these guys. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't think Ty Ty is as green as Josiah Turner was as a but, freshman. But my wink, point wink. is, like, we're sitting here saying, okay, we like Arizona needs these guys to take steps forward to be good. And that's absolutely true. You're putting a lot on these guys coming into their sophomore years, or in Coloco's case, his junior year, to take huge steps forward. Of course you are. But if you go with the transfer portal route, with guys who have experience at other colleges who have done it at this level to kind of supplement their roster, then would that make you feel better? You know, maybe they don't have as high a ceiling as a tie tie, but there's someone who has played 25 minutes a game at the college level and been productive. You know, that's the balance of this roster. And if you're Tommy Lloyd, you have to weigh the idea of, well, who's going to be around next year? Because you're trying to build a program, you're trying to establish something here while kind of blending in with what was already there with a lot of the roster you didn't recruit. You know, you're trying to change the system, fit guys, you know, find guys who will fit that. And also you have to worry about whatever sanctions or things might come down you know, from the IARP in the next year, and who knows if that's going to take away scholarships or any of that. So it's not uh, it's not a straight-line roster build in terms of what you want to see. Like, yes, if like we have to think even to like a guy like Ty Ty, he's a one-and-done, and if he wants to come to Arizona, you take him. But if you are not, if you don't do it this year, then okay, you're starting over again at point guard again. So I, 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 I know what you're saying, and I agree with you, but at the same time, I just don't look at him like, oh, God, like that's the only way they could be good next year. So there's a couple of things I want to unpack what you just said. Because well, first of all, I fundamentally think Ty Ty Washington is going to be better at the point guard spot than anyone in Arizona would get in the transfer portal. That's next probably year. true. That's probably true. We don't know that to be true. Uh, but that's I w- if I was placing bets, that's where I would put my money. I think he's that elite of a talent. Cool. That's, um, that's fair. And then the the you you touched on the you know, that the sanctions may come down. And one of those sanctions could be a reduction in scholarships. And in, in, the, in, a, in a funny way for Tommy Lloyd, right now he may view a one-and-done as a more beneficial fix because if Ty Ty is going to be gone after a year and sanctions come for the following season of a scholarship reduction, you're not going to have guys that are committed to a scholarship that then you have to figure out who you're going to force out or, like, like how does it you know is the NCAA force people are are they going to force people to go off of scholarship which essentially is going to even work with the NCAA like if you have 15 guys on scholarship they all come back and they're like you now have 12 scholarships to play with do they just say do they make you kick guys off a scholarship or they say like I wonder how that works like maybe we should know that I'd love to talk to someone who would because that doesn't seem right (laughs) I mean I think (laughs) For most elite programs that have maybe gotten scholarship reductions in the past, there's so much turnover in one and dones naturally that I don't know if it's ever been an issue. But it could be given the composition of this of you know the most recent roster that Sean Miller had built was more built for the long term. We talked about it at, mm-hmm. at length, right? Um, so, you know, maybe you don't he, like. And to another point, you have five open roster spots in terms of scholarships. 
maybe if you're anticipating a reduction of a scholarship, you don't do that because, you know, if it if it comes down to doing the right thing, i.e. not penalizing some kid who's never even been at Arizona uh, <laughs> during any of the periods of allegations to penalize him seems like the wrong thing to do, which means it's probably what the NCAA <laughs> will do. Um, but it's, you know, and, and I'm sure people will use that as negative recruiting against Arizona because I'm not sure, I, I, I don't know the answer to it, but there has to be some, you know, management of that, right? Uh, there's Unless it's if, like if you, if you don't, don't use it, you lose it type of thing. Like if the scholarship's already taken, then you get to keep the guy on scholarship. But then, like, we really should look this up and find out because it changed the entire dynamic of this discussion. But, you know, show prep but, and everything. It's a, it's a, <laughs> I, I don't know if we even looked it up, if we could find the right answer for that. Um, you know, but like, it's, a, it's another thing to consider. But if you – and I guess to go, to go back to my point, though, of Ty Ty Washington – if you know he's a one and done, you fill the roster spot with somebody that is probably the best you're going to get at that position and completely avoid that scholarship crunch question if and when a scholarship reduction comes, right? Unless, like, when he leaves, then the scholarship is open and they say, oh, you can't fill it. Whereas if someone was a two year player or a three year player, they're already on scholarship. They make, I don't, it's a discussion that's harder to have because we don't know exactly what happens. But that's the way, like, the, I think the overall point is that's what Tommy Lloyd is dealing with right now. Like, there are, it's not just, Go in there and fill a roster with the best players you can have, whether they're one-year guys or four-year guys. It's not that simple for him, you know. So no. as he's building this roster, of course, like if he could get a Ty Ty Washington, the momentum that brings, like Tommy Lloyd, career assistant, year one with Arizona's going head to head with John Calipari, Kentucky, and winning. Like of course, that's a huge, like that's a huge gain just for the perception, even more so than perhaps the player you're getting compared to what you could get if it's not Ty Ty Washington, but. You know, it, it's just there's going to be that sense. And any time like Sean Miller didn't win every recruiting battle that ever happened. And some of his rosters weren't as highly thought of as others. You know, like that's a thing. And I'm just Tommy Lloyd has pressure on him. He knows that's probably why he took the job. He likes that. Like he welcomes it because it's Arizona basketball. But I think he's already up to a good start based on the guys he kept. You know, losing Jordan Brown hurts because. Yeah, he don't necessarily think he was going to start, but he was a sixth man of the year in the Pac-12, like you said earlier, Brett. Like he's a good player, and he's experienced. He's big, <laughs> you know. Like, are you going to get a better player than Jordan Brown in the portal? Probably not. There's probably Jordan Brown level players that you could maybe replace him equally, but just the rest of the roster isn't in bad shape. Where yes, they need a point guard. If it's Ty Ty, if it's a veteran through the portal, whoever it is, you know, another highly acclaimed freshman. I don't know who it would be, but that guy is out there and. Is that the difference between is Ty Ty versus the next man up? Is that the difference between being a Sweet 16 team and just, you know, a round of 64 team? I don't know. But I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe, but we don't know. But as far as his Tommy Lloyd's first few weeks, like what he's done and keeping the guys he did, keeping Jason Terry, keeping Jack Murphy. It came out recording on Thursday. Chris Rounds is going to remain as a strength coach. You know, these are good things where if everyone just – Hated Tommy Lloyd. Like, Chris Rounds was loyal to Sean Miller. He came to Arizona with Sean Miller, and he's sticking around. You know, Murphy, Terry, these are guys who, they bleed Arizona red and blue, especially Murphy. (laughs) But, you know, they're sticking around with Tommy Lloyd, and he's comfortable in his own skin to keep these Sean Miller guys around. It'd be easy to come into his clean house and, like, I want my guys. You know, and he's got connections. He could find, quote-unquote, his guys, or at least people that weren't Sean Miller's guys. But he's keeping them around because he feels like it's the best thing for Arizona basketball going forward. Now, maybe it's not a long-term thing. Maybe it's just for the transition, and everybody understands that. But either way, 
like even if Arizona doesn't get every single top recruiting target out there, I wouldn't feel bad about what Tommy Lloyd has done. And in terms of like when to hit the panic button, it's only when his coaching seems bad. You know, one recruiting cycle, it's not even a full recruiting cycle for him. I don't count that. <laughs> you know? Like I'm not gonna say, oh, if he doesn't get tie tie, man, this guy's supposed to be a great recruiter. That's a miss. You know, like it, it'd be a bummer, but Tai Tai would be like gravy or the cherry on top. Like, well, if he could do this, then what else can this guy do? But like Sean Miller wasn't an ace recruiter when he first got to Arizona. Like he was lucky because they had the USC class that, had, you know, all decommitted with their stuff, you know, and even Miller's first couple of classes, they weren't like what we got used to, you know, they, so I, I think Tommy Lloyd's starting at a good spot. There's talent on the roster. It's up to him to fill it out. You know, the rest of the roster are five scholarships available, like we've talked about. But I'm not worried. I'm not even close to hitting the panic button with him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I mentioned last last show that the worst case scenario of the coaching hire situation and Tommy Lloyd coming on is obviously not coming to fruition. I think it remains to be seen if, you know, the best case scenario is still out there, but it's it's looking a little bit shaky, at least in the short term. Uh, and then, but it's, it's, there's still time and it's so unknown. Um, and we'll see how it gets filled out. I mean, to, to, to the qu- question of scholarships, I even wonder if the, like the, the Gonzaga grad transfer kid might be more, more attractive target because again, it's just a one and done scholarship mm-hmm. thing. Who has some Maybe experience you go more, in the system and you go more, you more, you go, you go heavy on that and try to find one and done guys like Ty Ty Washington and and maybe maybe Kluma if he's if he overperforms, but I doubt he's I doubt he's a one and done type. Um, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting rest of the off season. I think is is what we what we do know. And to be fair, in the past we had how many shows where, you know, Sean Miller had no roster, and then suddenly by the time the season <laughs> came around, it's like, oh, I feel pretty good about this roster. Yeah. I think it's because Lloyd's an unknown. Like there was a comment that Sean Miller would get it done because we'd seen him do it. Tommy Lloyd is new. We're not sure what he can do. It's only what we've heard that he should be able to do. But I, if you're thinking of hitting the panic button because they have, you know, five open scholarships and they might not be getting tie tie and whatever, I, I'd step away. I'd step far, far away from that panic <laughs> button. Like, there's no need. Don't even look at it. Put it away. Yeah. <laughs> that being that being said, if there's five roster spots, you need to have at least two contributors at the guard spot. Point guard, like point guard, shooting guard, and you need at least one contributor at the post for me to, you know, and that doesn't mean they need to be a star, but if you just have roster filler without, as is, I'm a little bit concerned. And that's fair. So we'll see. Like, there's still, I don't, let's see, it's May, so what? The season will start sometime in like late October, early November. There's time. But so there's time for Tommy Lloyd to figure his stuff out. You know, let's take a break, Brett, and when we come back, Arizona women's basketball, I don't want to say they got good news this week, but they avoided terrible news, but they had to pay for it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches Vacation.com. Welcome back. And Brett, I, we knew it would happen. You know, Adia Barnes took Arizona to the national championship game. She's a rising star in the industry, a young coach who's been recruiting at a high level, has brought Arizona to that level. When the Baylor job opened up, <laughs> there were rumors that, hmm. Maybe they'll go get a D, and you're like, wait a minute. She's a U of A alum, though. There's no way she would leave her alma mater, right? Then you look at the money that Baylor pays. Like, oh, that that could be a thing. It was not a thing. Adia Barnes did not leave for Baylor. But she did get a contract extension on top of the one she had just signed. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was not not a thing. <laughs> yeah. like When you are in rumors, and I don't know if she ever interviewed or anything like that, but when you're in the rumors and they're like, the school's like, we want to keep you. They they Arizona stepped up. Uh, she's going to now make a little shy of six million dollars in base salary over the next five years. But it's funny because she got a raise and then got another raise when the Baylor job opened up. But that's what you do. That's what you she, have to she, do when you have someone like Adia Barnes. Who yes, she's loyal to your school because she's an alum. But you can't bank on that forever. Like you have she, to pay her what she's worth. She really uh, Eric Musselmaned. Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> but like, but like you'd, you'd like to think that there's no way she would leave for a school like Baylor or whatever would open up because she's a Wildcat. But also, eventually, loyalty runs out when you're so underpaid. And I'm not going to say that she deserved to be paid a ton more before the season. Like, she'd been doing good things, but obviously what she did, what she accomplished, and what she has this program set up to do is worthy of however much Arizona can afford to pay her, whatever keeps her happy. Well, and <laughs> I mean... I, I'm curious to know how much the. I mean, she got she's gotten what three raises in the last like three years, I think. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, they're all well deserved. Um, and I'm wondering how much of the financial decision in the in the tight times is just knowing that come you know, assuming everything keeps trending well with COVID and people start to be able to come to games and even maybe at maximum capacity by the time it's the next basketball season or something approximating it. Um, Thinking back to the host in the NIT, if you're mm-hmm. if you're getting ten selling ten thousand tickets to home games for the women's team, that basically pays for the raise she got in and of itself. Let alone all of the success she's had yeah. in, in terms of the in terms of you know making the championship game and within one shot of a national championship. That's a good point. So, so it's I'm you know I th- I assume that the that the administration is kind of banking on that uh, you know that extra revenue knowing how tight things are. But yeah, as as it stands, you feel you feel good that, you know, she's not she's not leaving anytime super soon. But you know, hopefully uh, Arizona basketball becomes you know it truly becomes a program that's built and you can keep paying her the way she uh, is entitled to based on her success. Oh yeah, and, she, she deserves. And we it. find the money. <laughs> like if she did say like she did a press conference in the last couple of days. She said it wasn't the first time she'd been talked to, but she wants to quote. I'll just read her words verbatim. Quote, I want to do something special here. I think when you do something great, you do it the right ways. I think the money and all the other stuff come. I mean, like it did. 
<laughs> but that's going to happen. Like, I remember when Jay Johnson for baseball took Arizona to the championship game in his first year. All of a sudden, there were rumors of him going, I think it was like Texas opened up and all these other schools. It's like, when you have that coach, like, Arizona men's basketball never deals with that. Like, you're, I mean, it almost, I guess, loot in the 90s, Kentucky was the rumor. You know, like, until you are the blue blood that can pay the top, top salaries, there's going to be thoughts that maybe people try to poach your coaches. That's what you want. You want coaches that other schools want. <laughs> like that in theory that's that's the goal right but if you're arizona women's basketball right now like that that would are hurt bad and you have to under like i think you're right with them expecting a greater crowd support you know more fans in the stands for their games but yeah can you imagine if they had lost idea barnes like you oh. would understand if she left because it's like wow you know like the pay is just so so much higher like go it's a great opportunity but oh would that have been painful <laughs> like that would have been rough yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I don't know if I've seen it anywhere. I don't know if you've seen. Is do women's basketball coach contracts that are high end have buyout amounts? Like I would clauses? sure. I'm sure. Like she had said in her interview that when she got hired, she was among like the lowest. I think like the lowest paid yeah. coach in Power Five, and now her salary, according to AZ Desert Swarm, uh, puts her at what was it? Uh, the third highest paid coach in the Pac-12. Like. So from like the lowest in Power Five to the third highest in the Pac twelve, it's quite the jump. Yeah, and if you're Dia Barnes, you're probably thinking, you know what? Maybe I could have got more at from Baylor, but Arizona is paying me enough. They're showing me the love and showing that they will do what they can to keep me here. Like at some point, Arizona can't afford yeah. to pay as much as some other programs. It's a case with football, be a case with any sport really. But well, well, but to your, to your to your point, you want to have coaches that people want to hire away. And if you're Arizona, I mean, think of it for Jed Fish, right? He's dramatically underpaid relative to most Power Five coaches. And, you know, if he absolutely exceeds expectations by year three, there's going to be teams coming in, knocking and offering him a lot of money. And the difference is... Well, Jed Fish has never been one to leave for other jobs, though. So I don't think Arizona (laughs) has anything to worry about. He (laughs) he likes to take fishing trips, Adam. (laughs) Um, yeah, but if you're the, if you're the University of Arizona, not just from a on the field or on the court success, you know, perspective, boy, it's a lot easier to maintain that success and positive momentum when you're having another school give you millions of dollars to hire your coach away rather than paying them ten million dollars to go away. Yeah, <laughs> it, you know, the, your ability to hire the next one becomes much easier, and it's a better spot to be in. I think um, it's just what it comes down to, though, is like it's almost like I remember when was it that Rich Rod was being pursued? Was it by South Carolina? I yeah. think was that right after the 2014 season when they won the Pac-12 South, or was it before then? It might have been his was, first couple seasons before then. I think, I think it was before then, but as I recall. I, I'll compare it to that because it's one thing when you get to the top of the mountain and it's just a well-oiled machine, and like you know you're getting paid to have your coach leave, and you're going to find a absolute high-level replacement. You know, because at this point, it's like you just walk in, just don't screw it up. At that point, Arizona football was like they had had a couple like back to back eight win seasons. Like, okay, this is getting going. Like if he leaves, like this is not an established thing yet. This is not an established program that can sustain that success. For Adia Barnes, it'd be the exact same thing. Like say Baylor's like, we're going to hire Adia Barnes. We're going to pay you a couple million dollars, whatever it is to hire her, you know, whatever the buyout would be. Would you feel confident that the next coach could come in here and keep this thing rolling? Like, I would not. Now, maybe five years from now, if there's a championship or two in there, Munchie wouldn't leave, maybe. But two, then you feel like, okay, this thing can sustain, you know, even without her. 
But early on right now, no. So, like, like, yes, you want your coaches to be coveted. but And there's a time where you could probably see your coach leave and survive that and move forward and still have that success. I'm not sure women's basketball is there right now, but they likely will be within the next five years. Like, the, But that's only because of the rate Adia Barnes has them going, like picking up yeah. transfers and recruiting and all that. Like Right now, I'm not sure they're a better program than what Adia Barnes can make them. But, of course, five years from now, however long it is, Maybe they will be. Five years from now, with continued success, positive reputation, building recruiting momentum, national profile, you know, then if somebody throws, you know, an unmatchable amount of money at Adia Barnes, there's also probably a few million dollars coming back to Arizona to buy it out to then say, you know, it's easier to sustain that with a big, a big woman's name coach, right? Mm -hmm. Um, with a big with a big check than it is to than, but also, than it is without that. If she was to build Arizona into the program that we're kind of thinking she will, like this in that in women's basketball, women's college basketball, there's been a lot of coaches like Kim Mulkey left Baylor, you know, but other for LSU, but very rarely have the top tier coaches just been bouncing around. Like you have the ones Pat Summit, you know, like they stuck around for a, like forever at their schools. So, like, the idea that Adia Barnes would bounce, like, obviously there's a number that if some school would offer it, you wouldn't blame her, you know? But it doesn't happen often. Like, or like the very the top, top programs don't seem to lose their coaches. Now, Arizona's not a top, top program yet. Like, we know that. But if they can get to that level, like, Gino R.M. has been at UConn forever, you know? Like... So if you can do that, if you can have that success and win year after year, be in the conversation, the final four, the elite eight, year after year, like and it's a like I never begrudge anyone for leaving for more money. Like when I was a kid, I did. I'm like, oh wow, you should want to have loyalty, stay here. You know, it's like no, if if there whatever school it is, if it was to happen and Adia Barnes were to leave, I would not begrudge her for it at all. But you also like to think and hope that if she gets the program to that level where they are consistent contenders every year, win a couple championships, recruiting at a high level, just going you know, year after year after year, that the difference in pay, what she could get from, we'll just say Baylor, because that was the most recent one, or what she can make at Arizona will be negligible enough to say, you know what, this is my program, I'm going to stay here. That's what, you're, that's what you're hoping for. But also there's a lot that has to happen between now and then for that to even be a conversation. Yeah, and that's where President Bobby Robbins or whatever future president would and athletic director would be saying, "But Adia, it's so the cost of living here is so much cheaper. <laughs> Do you really need that extra X percent raise?" Yeah. Um, plus, you know, she she's queen of Tucson right now, uh, right. and she's the most popular so. coach in Tucson. She's she's the most popular human being in Tucson. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> well, and that's true. So. Good that Arizona kept her. I don't know if she was ever close to leaving, but even still, you give her that raise to make sure that you that she knows she's appreciated and valued in Tucson. You know, maybe it's not the level that she would have been able to get the next job, but she knows like, hey, I respect that you want to keep me here. Like this is good. Let's keep this thing rolling. So that's good. But let's take one more break, and when we come back, football got some recruits. Baseball's rolling. A couple guys were drafted. Even that's new. We'll talk about it. All right, we're back. One final segment here. And, Brett, we have a lot of things we could talk about. There's football news. There's baseball. There's NFL draft news, which, like I said, is it's rare for us. Where do we want to start? 
What should we touch let's on talk, Let's let's talk baseball. We're talking baseball. Okay, yeah, the program is they just keep rolling. Um, they're gonna actually have more fans in the stands now too. But we had Michael Levon last week, and like this is a team that I mean they they eventually lost to Grand Canyon earlier in the week. So take that, lopes, lopes down. <laughs> but Arizona is rolling. They've won ten in a row. You know they got smoked at Washington State that one game. It was like they gave up like three touchdowns, and since then they've just been dominant. <laughs> like peaking at the right time, maybe. Yeah, our, our friend of the pod, Justin Spears, back on ESPN Radio Tucson, and he had an interview with Jay Johnson, and everybody's asking Jay Johnson, like, what did you do or say to the team, like, after that? And he, of course, Jay Johnson kind of, like, very coach-like undersells it, but, like, focused on a few, I don't know, get-your-mind-right kind of things. Right. But, boy, um, <laughs> you know, whatever they're doing, keep it keep it going. Uh, j- just my only fear now is are they peaking too early? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like you know, there's never a bad time to peak unless you peak too early, you know. Because like this, but I think like this isn't a fluke. Like the first year Jay Johnson was around, it seemed kind of fluke. It was a good team that had really good high end pitching. They got hot in the tournament, you know, and they took it to within one hit of winning the national championship. This team doesn't seem like this team was supposed to be good. You know, we talked before how a couple of years ago they missed out on the tournament when they were one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in college baseball. You know, last year they were good. They got their pitching figured out, and then there was no tournament for them. There was no, like, they missed half the season and then the postseason. This year they were supposed to be good, and they are. Like, the offense is there. You know, the pitching has been good enough, like, and has slowly gotten better. And getting as in, and getting better. Yeah. So, like, even this win streak, 10 games in a row they've won. They're averaging nearly 11 runs and 14 hits a game. <laughs> like, I mean, yes, you need – Normally, you'd think Major League Baseball, like, I'm a big fan of pitching. College baseball, though, if you could just mash, you're going to, you know, because most teams only have maybe one or two really good starts. And I know mean, you get to the postseason, that's all you need sometimes. That's how Arizona did it, you know, a handful of years ago. But if you are that good a hitting team, and this is that good of a hitting team, like, no one's going to want to. I think there's still potentially like a four seed or something like there, the number four overall seed right now in the tournament. Like, if it was to start today, like, this is a team that they're going to be feared when the postseason starts. Well, number four seed or number four overall seed. Those are two different things, Adam. They are different. I think it's the second one, if I remember right. I've got my numbers Yeah, I think up. that's yeah. right, because I think in, in most rankings, I think it's they're now a consensus top ten of yeah, all the they were the consensus polls. top ten this week, yeah. Um, you know, but <laughs> like I said, let's, let's not peak too early, guys, but, you know, also let's keep winning. Let's just not lose until uh, next season. That'd be great. Or never <laughs> lose ever again. Oh, well, that's fair. Don't be yeah. greedy, Adam. I, <laughs> fine, fine. But, like, yeah, pitcher Chase Silvis, well, he Silseth, Silseth. I need to get better at names, but he was a Pac-12 pitcher of the week. You know, like, they're a consensus top 10 team. Like, this is a good baseball team that's playing really, really well right now, and hopefully they do keep it going. Um, but let's move it on to, let's see, we talked about that. We talked about baseball. Let's move to some, let's see, what do you think? Golf, men's golf, the number four seed in the NCAA regionals. Not bad. Like, that's that's a good thing. Um, softball has kind of gotten their stuff together. Let's, let's talk about some football, though, right? Like, the spring oh. game was a couple weeks ago. Was it a couple weeks ago now? Time. It's, I don't know. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. I'm right. Since then, Arizona's picked up a couple more commitments. Now, 
We talked about how they lost some guys like Nathan Tilford after the portal uh, last week. Like, they lost some guys. But they've added since then, too. Uh, Malik Reed, the big name, was Wisconsin linebacker, transferred into Arizona, was from Chandler High School, if I remember correctly, if I got that right. So it's interesting because when Jed Fish took over, uh, he said, like, a desert swarm of Arizona recruiting, right? Like, want to put a fence around. Every coach talks about they want to recruit Arizona. These guys are transfers, yes, but that's exactly what they're doing. Like, Malik Reed, a linebacker, position in need, and now he's transferring to Arizona. That's a good get. I, yeah, I feel like Jed Fish through the transfer portal is righting the wrongs that, you know, a month or two ago we had Ralph Amson on talking to Arizona football recruiting a few years ago. Um, and everybody talks about how there's that both ASU and Arizona have failed to recruit in state. Yeah. All these transfer guys, not only do they have multiple years left, in fact, I think four, three or four years for most of them that have come back. Um, but guys that, you know, these are the kind of guys you build a successful program with and a, a recruiting pipeline locally with. Uh, and if, if you're a linebacker, that's good enough to go to Wisconsin, it's probably safe to say you're good enough to play for Arizona, <laughs> Arizona's defense in its current form. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, it's 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 another nice add in counting, you know, uh, Roberts and Howard that are coming in, uh, you know, ostensibly over the summer. It will be there in fall camp. And you already have the line. Like Reed doesn't have to play year one. You still have Derek. You still have Derek Morning. You still, you know, you you have some. Suddenly, we've gone from linebacker singular to, you know, two, three deep linebacker core in, at every position. Yeah, the um, front seven's looking decent. Like, it's looking, you know, even the defense as a whole, like, there's no depth in the secondary. But, they, you know, Rutherford and Roland Wallace are two probably good cornerbacks. Your defensive line has depth. You have linebackers now who are either good, you know, or they come with some credentials, like, yeah. I might feel best about the linebacking core now. <laughs> what a difference a year makes. Um, and now the corners feel like it was before Colin Schooler and Tony Fields transferred away <laughs> when we were like, we feel good about the starters. And then after that, oh boy. Yeah. Um, you know, I it, it, coming off a spring that was relatively uneventful in a positive way, I think, in terms of like injuries, aside from Jamari Joyner having foot surgery again, which is highly mm-hmm. concerning. Um, foot injuries tend to, on the same foot, the same kind of injury. That's a that's a disturbing thing, but you know, relatively uh, injury free as a as a roster. You know, there's I, there's something not ne- necessarily quite described as optimism, but we're approaching, I think, the <laughs> the the notion of allowing ourselves to think that they might not be terrible next year. Well, and if nothing else, though, we're seeing what the vision was. You know, it's one thing to come in and say, we want to recruit the state of Arizona. And it's another thing to actually do it. And granted, these aren't high school kids that are coming back. These are guys who left and decided we want to come back home. And Arizona was able to get them. I don't know if ASU was in on these guys. I don't know who all was trying to pull them out of the portal. But, you know, Reed is the fifth Arizona player, high school player, to come back to the Wildcats. Or to come to the Wildcats as a transfer. And it's only five guys, but that's a lot. <laughs> like, like, it shows. And just because they're from Arizona doesn't mean that Arizona, the Wildcats should be recruiting them. But these are players, again... If he's good enough for Wisconsin, he's probably good enough for Arizona. <laughs> you know? So it's it's a vision, and we don't know if they're going to help them be good this year. Like if something Malik Reed comes to town with a great freshman season under his belt, he's like, oh, this guy is, that's a stud. Like we don't know. He's still a young player who has to prove himself. 
But it's just the vision of Jed Fish to bring these guys in to make Arizona, make the Arizona Wildcats the destination for local talent. Like, this is what it looks like. And what? it can't hurt to be bringing in players who used to play at some of the premier programs in the Valley who are making the University of Arizona their home now. Well, and it's not like these guys used to play at those premier programs like a decade ago. These are guys that are still friends with some of the elite talent that's on the high school rosters at those schools. Exactly. And that's, and that's you know, don't underweight that uh, benefit to, you know, the ongoing high school recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that can, you know, it might not win you every battle, but it, it certainly opens a lot more doors. Uh, and, you know, what better uh, recruiting tool to have than some guys that went out of state and said, you know what? here's why staying in, in, in state was the decision I wanted to do and them recruiting these high-end guys to stay in state and come to Arizona. Uh, you know, the, my hope is that we see the benefits of this for years to come, even mm-hmm. if not, even if not on the field this year. Absolutely. And like another guy, they got Dorian Singer from Pinnacle High School. He was a three-star guy. He's walking on. Now he's probably walking on with the idea that he's going to get a scholarship in the near future. But he was the number 18 recruit out of Arizona in the class of 2021, number 151 receiver, you know, over and 1,066 overall player in the country as a walk-on, as a preferred walk-on. Like play, they're finding a way to get players to come to Tucson. Now they will they win with them like that? We we don't know. The team definitely has some holes, but the roster is looking better and the perception is looking better. And I know you hate narratives, but I think the narrative surrounding the Wildcats football program is. It's about as good as it could have been at this point, you know. Like, yeah. would I would I feel better if they had a, an established quarterback? Yes, you know. But other than that, like, they're doing the things that they need to do to become a program that can improve. Yeah, I, I, you, like you said, I hate the narratives, but I also hate to say that they're winning the narrative game in the <laughs> offseason. <laughs> so yeah, definitely Arizona. <laughs> Much to Brett's dismay, and not dismay, he's happy that they're winning the narrative game in the offseason, but, you know, that's all they can win right now. But I think that'll help also, kind of, I don't know if it's surprising, over the weekend, Arizona had a couple of players drafted. The NFL draft, Roy Lopez was chosen by the Texans in the sixth round, and the very next pick, Gary Brightwell, was taken by the Giants in the sixth round. Not bad. It's twice as many players as ASU got drafted, so there's that, you know. Take that. But... (laughs) But two to one is two to one is almost as good as seventy to seven. Right, exactly. You know, Arizona's back, baby. But no, like in Roy Lopez, obviously played five games for Arizona. But then again, Tony Fields was drafted in the fifth round. He played one season with his new school, so it's kind of it goes both ways. It's players who were in the program got drafted, and I think it was PJ Johnson. I saw one of his tweets. He's something like, you know, there was talent on these teams, just bad coaching, which kind of makes you feel terrible, but also maybe optimism that the roster that fish and the staff at that taken over isn't as bad as we all thought, but either way, Arizona have two guys drafted is something that, I mean, good for them. And I know Lorenzo Benz was not trying to sign with the Cardinals as a free agent, but like Gary Bright was the type of guy. We watched him say, that guy could have a chance in the NFL, you know, like for sure. And Roy Lopez of course was really good in his, I guess, half a season with the Wildcats. Uh, good for them. And it's not a bad thing because, you want players to go to the NFL. That's how you can prove that, hey, we have a problem. We're sending guys to the league. That's what they want. And it's a new coaching staff. They didn't coach these guys. But Arizona sent two guys to the NFL draft. Yeah, there's there's nothing but good things that come out of them getting drafted. Then hopefully they make the roster and get on the field and succeed. Um, you know, look at J.J. Taylor didn't get drafted, but he went to the Patriots and got, 
you know, performed relatively well mm -hmm. at a at a high profile uh, franchise, right? Uh, and that benefits the program. It helps. It helps what what Fish and team are selling in terms of wanting to develop talent to go to the NFL. Because and that's just it right there. Like obviously, Jed Fish and this coaching staff did not coach these guys. So I think the optimism is that hey, maybe there is more talent on this roster than we all thought. Like you're disappointed that there's someone staff wasted it, but maybe the team that's constructed right now is better than we thought. It's more talented and with the right coaching. Will be an improved product on the field. Will be more competitive. But then yes, having guys drafted, having you know, so-and-so University of Arizona's name on the banner and on the, you know, called out. And this is a step that has NFL ties. Hopefully they can recruit those type of players and send more to the league. So congratulations to Gary Brightwell, Roy Lopez, and Tony Fields. I'm not mad about him either. His reasons for transferring were totally legitimate. You know, he was back at Arizona's spring game. You know, he's a, he's a wildcat in his mind too. By the way, if you didn't read it, Michael Lev's uh, article interviewing Tony Fields was – was pretty great and very yes. reflective positively of, of Arizona as a school and Tony Fields as a, as a man, I, yes. in my opinion. So congrats to all of them. Hopefully they rep Arizona well in the pros. Bob Baffert again, his horse won the Kentucky Derby, the horses program thing. I love it. You know, so more good things happening for Arizona athletics, even, you know, the four-legged athletics, if you will. So, Brett, I think that's going to do it for our show today. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. You know, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. There's going to be more content coming out on the Wildcat Radio 2.0 account as well. You know, Brian and the gang, they're going to start up, I think, some of the old play-by-plays and different 12-pack you know, 12 radio and all that. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, all those places you get podcasts. Find Wildcat Radio 2.0. Uh, leave us a review if you like us. Leave us a review if you don't like us. But we're going to like the former more than the latter. That's just reality. Like, I, we're human. We need... We need we need positive affirmations. It, it helps. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, Tai Tai watching that date is supposed to be uh, May 15th, so we're going to have another show before then. But obviously, as we've talked about many times, Arizona Athletics never seems to stop. So whatever happens between now and next week, we're going to talk about it again. But until that show comes, remember to bear down. Bear down. <laughs>